Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, August 26, 2018, on the basis of Joshua 24, verses 1, 2, and 14 through 18. Have you ever made a decision that seemed really insignificant at the time, but later on you realized that it turned out to have a huge impact on your life? Back in 2004, I had just graduated college, and I had the opportunity to go to a high school graduation for one of my cousins. I suppose I could have stayed home that day, but, but I didn't. I decided to go. And wouldn't you know, at that high school graduation, I just so happened to bump into a girl, a very pretty girl, a girl that I had previously met just very briefly once or twice. But after that high school graduation, after we reconnected, we, we started dating shortly thereafter, and then we got engaged and then we got married, and then we had three kids. And yes, just to be clear, I'm talking about Lindsay. (laughs) Talk about a a seemingly insignificant decision that really had a huge impact. And, And you know that life often works this way, right? You probably have your own story sort of like that that you could tell. In fact, if you're at all interested in this sort of thing, go home after church today and look up how one man's decision to stop and order a sandwich for lunch eventually led to the start of World War I. Very often, even the tiniest of decisions in our life can have the biggest of impacts. So does that at all make you nervous? That scare you a little bit? I mean, what if some golden opportunity, what if the chance of a lifetime, your big break comes along and you simply let it pass you by because at the time it seems like something small and insignificant? Or what if you make a decision that seems to be little and harmless at the time, but later on you realize that it has completely ruined your life? When we think about the fact that little decisions can have such a big and lasting impact in our lives, well, it's kind of a scary thought. And so thankfully, when it comes to the biggest decision of them all, God wants to spare us from that today. You see, if little decisions can have a big impact when it comes to what kind of job we'll end up having or whom we decide to marry, then the same is true when the stakes are infinitely higher. When it's a decision related to our spiritual life, our soul, when our eternity is on the line. And thankfully, through this man named Joshua, God wants to make sure that we don't blow it when it comes to that decision, that we don't let that decision pass us by because it seems like something relatively unimportant. As we look at these words from Joshua 24 today, God wants, us to, make, God wants to make us aware of this very important fact, that the most important decision you will ever make will never seem like it. One of the ways in which a decision can seem unimportant is if it doesn't seem to have a whole lot of urgency behind it. In fact, what Joshua was doing with the people of Israel this day, on that day, probably seemed a little bit odd. We're told that Joshua gathered all of the people of Israel at this place called Shechem, a place that had served a very important part, a very important history in Israel's history. It's a very important location. And not only did he gather all of the people together, but then he called forth all of the rulers, all of the leaders to sort of stand before God in this very formal and solemn way. Joshua was making this look like a very big deal. And the reason that probably seemed odd is because for the first time in 40 years, this kind of thing seemed completely unnecessary. 
I mean, it might have made sense when God sent Moses down to Egypt to bring the people up out of slavery. It might have made sense as they traveled through the wilderness and faced many important decisions about which route to take and which nation to pass through, which nation to go around. It might have made sense as they entered into the promised land and faced battle after battle after battle against all of the tribes who were already living there. But now, for the first time in 40 years, God's people were at peace. God's people were at rest. So why was Joshua making this seem like such a big deal? Well, sure, God's people weren't running from their enemies or fighting a battle against some nation, but Joshua realized that something even more urgent and even more important was going on. Joshua realized that these people needed to make a decision, a decision that impacted their souls and impacted their eternities. They needed to decide whether they would continually to faithful, they, they, whether they would continue to faithfully worship the Lord, or whether they would serve any of the many other gods that were available to them as options, the gods that their ancestors worshipped beyond the river, the gods that the people in Egypt worshipped when they lived there, the gods of the people who that that worshipped in the land that they were now living. Joshua knew that they had to make this decision. And so even though it seemed as though nothing urgent was going on, there absolutely and definitely was. So let me ask you this. If if I were to try to sort of recreate this morning what Joshua did that day at Shechem, how do you think that would go? If I tried to convince you that right here, right now, in this room this morning, and really each and every day of our lives, you are making the most important decision that you will ever make, a, soul that, a, a decision that impacts your soul, a decision that impacts your eternity. Would you believe me? It might be easy for us to see why Joshua would have gotten so worked up. I mean, it would have been disastrous if the people had forsaken the Lord and had decided to worship other gods, but, but it might be easy for us to say, I, I think we've got that one all taken care of and all figured out. I mean, last time I checked, I I don't think anyone's even offering me the opportunity to bow down and worship some statue made out of wood or stone, much less am I being tempted to take that opportunity. So when it comes to this battle between good and evil, this battle over our souls, isn't the battle kind of already over? Hasn't it already been won? Aren't we at peace? Can't we just relax? Well, nothing could be further from the truth. See, the devil is smart enough to realize that he doesn't need to get us to bow down to some statue. He simply needs to divert our hearts away from the one true God and on to something else. He simply needs us to find our value and our worth, our purpose and our meaning, our joy and fulfillment in life in anyone or anything other than the Lord. He wants your heart He wants the heart of your loved ones, and he wants it for eternity. And friends, make no mistake, the devil is not going to stop until he either wins or until his time runs out. And maybe one of the things that serves as the devil's biggest advantage is when we take that battle lightly. When we think it's all fun and games, and meanwhile, he is playing for keeps. Friends, God wants you to know that the most important decision that you will ever make will never seem like it. It won't seem as though anything urgent is going on, but rest assured, something surely is.
Well, it's one thing for a decision to be urgent. But is this decision with which we are faced really all that difficult? Sure didn't seem difficult for the people of Israel who were gathered at Shechem that day. In fact, when Joshua placed before them this decision to worship God or to worship false gods, here's what they said. Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. We're going to serve the Lord, simple enough. Can we all go home now? Well, not so fast. You see, Joshua realized, and we need to realize, that the people of Israel were making this decision at a very important point in their history, an important time of transition. They were transitioning from the time when they would travel through the wilderness as one united nation with one individual spiritual leader that was sort of watching over them 24-7. Very shortly after this, they would scatter and they would settle. They would plant crops and build homes and start families. And not only that, but as these people said, they had seen with their own eyes what the Lord had done for them, how he had brought them out of Egypt, but, but their children wouldn't. The next generation wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to rely on what they had seen with their own eyes. Instead, they would be dependent on what they heard from those who did. In fact, I, I wish that the story ended on this positive note with the people wholeheartedly deciding and saying that they were going to serve the Lord, but it doesn't end there. There's more to the story, and it's much more sad. Just a few chapters down the road, in the beginning of the book of Judges, it says this, The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. But after that, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. They forsook the Lord who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. You see, that decision at Shechem was not just about whether or not those people were going to serve the Lord for the rest of their lives. For all we know, they probably did. But really their decision meant that they were going to take on the responsibility of telling the next generation what they had seen with their own eyes so that that next generation who would not see it with their own eyes would come to know and believe it too. And apparently from what we hear in Judges, that wasn't the case. It didn't seem as though this decision was in any way difficult and yet it surely was. So let me ask, which more accurately describes us? The nation of Israel, as they all traveled together as one big group and had one central spiritual leader who was keeping watch over them 24-7, or the people of Israel as they had scattered to their homes and to their lives? Which more accurately describes us, the generation of people who with their own eyes saw all of the miraculous things that God had done, or the generation that followed, that needed to rely on what they heard from the people who had? Friends, once again, nothing serves to the devil's advantage as much as when we take this spiritual battle lightly. And not just when we think that nothing urgent is going on, but also when we think that this isn't going to be difficult. When we think that our decision to serve the Lord 
is as simple as sort of verbally assenting and nodding our heads and saying, yes, I want to worship the one true God. When we sort of treat it the way that we would act when we're sitting in that exit row on the airplane. And the flight attendant comes around and asks us if we are willing to carry out the functions and the responsibilities that are being asked of us as we sit in that exit row. And we we nod our heads and we, we give our verbal yes. And all the while we're thinking, can you now just leave me alone so I can get back to enjoying this extra legroom that is so nice? When we think as though this decision isn't going to require of us daily, difficult, painful commitment and sacrifice, when we treat it lightly, when we treat it as nothing difficult at all, if, if that's our attitude, will we survive? Will we make it to the end of our lives still trusting in the Lord? Sure. But what about the next generation and the generation after that? Let's get specific for a moment. And let me warn you that when I say let's get specific, it also means let's get uncomfortable for a moment. Yesterday I spent the better part of three hours watching a bunch of sixth graders play tackle football. And it was hot out there. Anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. In fact, if you think you could make a good case for youth sports, I bet you I could make an even better case for why that's a good thing. But the reality is that whether it's youth football or something else, all of us probably have things where we give 180 minutes of our life each and every week without blinking an eye, without thinking twice, whatever it might be. But then then God comes along and he asks for 60. Not just once in a while, not just when it's convenient and everything else happens to line up, but each and every week. Or what happens when, heaven forbid, God asks for 120? Not just church, but church and Bible class. Not just church, but church and Sunday school for the kids. Or what happens when God comes along and he asks us for an extra 10 to 15 each and every day so that we can spend time with God in our homes? And even more than that, what happens when those things conflict with one another? I mean, three hours plus three hours, that's only six hours. You've got 165 left. We've got 162 left. Plenty of time to do both of those things, right? Youth football and all the time in the world that we need for God. But what happens when they are at the same time? And forget for a moment about the relative benefit of each and every one of those activities. Forget about the fact that in terms of importance and value, those two activities don't even belong on the same scale because of how different they are. If you choose whatever it is over time with God, are you going to survive that decision? Let's just say probably but what kind of message are you sending? And what kind of pattern are you setting? And not just for your next decision, but for the decision that eventually your children are going to make and their children after them. The most important decision you will ever make will never seem like it. It won't seem difficult at all, but friends, rest assured, it is. So now are you nervous? Are you a little bit nervous at how this decision is going to play out in your life? Are you already thinking about some of the ways in which this decision has has been handled in your life? Are you thinking that maybe someday those those haunting and terrible words from Judges chapter 2 are going to be an apt and fitting description for your life, for my life, for the lives of our children and their children after them? Boy, talk about a scary thought, right? 
But if so, there's good news in these verses. And it's not just that in these verses, God sort of wakes us up and sounds the alarm and makes sure that we're paying attention to this important decision. It's that in these verses, God also gives us the key for making this decision. You maybe notice that there's quite a few verses missing here in this reading. The verses between when Joshua gathers all the people together at Shechem and then the verses where he puts that decision in front of them. In between, Joshua preaches what you might call a sermon. And in that sermon, Joshua retells for the people everything that God had done for them. Yes, some of the things that they had seen with their own eyes, but some things that happened even before that. And in that sermon, Joshua not only gave the people what they needed to make that decision, but he also gives us the key to making our decision too. You see, if Joshua had a few things to tell the people of Israel about, about what God had done for them, then we have even more. Not just that God had taken Abraham out of that land of idol worship and had given him the land of Canaan as his promised inheritance. Not just that God had, had sent Moses down to Israel to bring the people back to that promised land to give them that inheritance. But that God had watched as generation after generation of people forsook the Lord and worshipped other gods. And yet still, when the time was just right, still God sent his son. Still God sent his son Jesus to save them and to save us too. That he sent Jesus to live perfectly in a way that we could not, to serve God even when it was difficult, and that because of him, all of his service counts as if it were our own. That he sent Jesus to suffer for all of the times when we hadn't served God wholeheartedly, and as a result, Jesus' suffering counts as payment for our sins. That because of Jesus... It's not simply that God puts up with us or tolerates us or spares us from what we deserve, but that he actually welcomes us with open arms into his family and reserves for us a spot by his side in heaven for all eternity. Friends, if Joshua had a few things to tell the people of Israel about, we have even more. And just as was the case with Joshua, that's the key to making our decision. To simply go, in, go back to the word of God and see the night and day difference between the Lord and every other God that we might possibly serve. To see that every other God only makes demands out of us and then inevitably disappoints. That whether it's our career or our education or romance or popularity or beauty or sports, whatever it is, those things only promise you good things after you've worked and after you've sacrificed, and after you've paid the price, and then even if all of those good things come, they inevitably don't live up to expectation. So what should you do? Get rid of all of them? No. Have them in your life. Enjoy them in your life. Use them in your life. Just don't serve them. Throw them away as your gods. Make sure they are serving you rather than the other way around. But then the Lord, the Lord who makes no demands, but only freely gives the very best of what he has to offer. The Lord who gives us the very best of what he has to offer, and after we've received it free of charge, without any merit of our own, not only lives up to the hype, but exceeds even our wildest expectations. Friends, is there any question about the choice that you should make? See, the good news is that when it comes to this decision, 
All we need to do is look at the facts. Go back to the word of God and see the night and day difference between the Lord and every other God, and then we will see this. That yes, it might seem as though nothing urgent is going on, but there is. It might seem as though this isn't difficult, but it is. But when we go to God's word and see who he is and what he is like, this decision will seem so utterly obvious. And it is. The most important decision you will ever make is also the most obvious decision you will ever make. And so may we all make that decision by saying with Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.